Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fumble Podcast. I am your wonderful host today, Justin Tucker, along with my main man, CJ Medeiros. And today we have a very special guest. Brian, please introduce yourself. How are you doing, boys? It's been uh, it's been a little bit, but I'm glad to see you again. Uh, for anyone, for any of you guys who don't know me, uh, I am Brian Costa. I am the host of the Down to the Wire radio show slash podcast, and pretty good friend of Adam. I mean, I've been on this show a good number of times, and I had Adam on my show yesterday, so I'm glad to be back with you, boys. Great. How's everybody's day, man? How's everybody's day, man? Uh, you know, it's uh, summertime, man. I can't complain. Yeah. You know, we're just relaxing, you know, but I've, I've, I've gone back to work and stuff. So that's great, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I know for myself, I've been pretty good as well. I just kind of like chilled out for most of the day. It was kind of a crappy day outside. So kind of just like laid low. I kind of wish it was a crappy day. It's hot down here. Oh, I'm yeah. Really- yeah. I'm like a, I'm like an hour and a half away from Tucker. I uh, I can tell you that it humid. It's humid over here, dude. It was a high. It was like a high of like fifty-four degrees here today. It was oh, like must be nice. uh, it was it, it was it was that and rainy. It was like putrid outside. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I wish I could have that because uh, at nights it gets to sixty, and that's on a oh, good day. Yeah, that, that, that that's nice though. Like you can wear shorts outside. Like you don't need to like worry about that. That's kind of nice. Yeah. I know around. I know around here it's gonna get up to like ninety-six on yeah. Saturday. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. But enough about that, boys and boys and girls. Today we have a wonderful show to you. Uh, today we will be talking about James Bradbury and the new team he signed for, and whether or not he can make them a contender. We also have the smackdown between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, in the conversation between those two. And we have a very special guest segment where Brian will talk about a segment and we all interact with each other. But first, the main topic for today: James Bar- Bradbury. Today he signed. I mean, last and yesterday he signed with the Eagles for a one-year deal worth eleven million dollars, and I think that's a good signing. But CJ, what do you think about the signing for for the Eagles? This is kind of a weird signing for me, and, and let me tell you why. I, I personally, let me just say, I hate these veteran signings when a guy like Bradbury, who's a top ten corner, goes for like a one-year prove-it deal. These signings have always driven me up the wall, and that isn't stopping today. But if you're Philly, you should be happy. You're going to have a great one-two punch in your backfield. And if Bradbury proves himself to be just as good as he ever was, then, you know, you could sign him and maybe replace Slay, who is getting up there in age. But when I look at this Bradbury signing, I feel like Philly has had a sneaky good offseason. I mean, everyone likes to rave about the Broncos and the Chargers and the Raiders. You know, everyone in the AFC West had a great year. AFC is getting really good, but... Philly might be like a dark horse for the playoffs. Now, now before you jump on me, I would like to point out the NFC has gotten really weak. It's like a two-horse race between Tampa and L.A. and maybe Green Bay if Rodgers can throw and catch the ball. But, I mean, look at what Philly did. They got their new pass rusher or another pass rusher in Hassan Reddick. They they snagged Zach Paschal on like a, a cheap deal. They got Kaiser White. Sneaky underrated on a one-year deal. And their draft, in my eyes, was pretty good. You know, you got Jordan Davis. You know, you got the big man. That's nice. You got N'Kobe Dean, who you're playing the long game with. But he should, when he comes around, he's going to be great. Oh, yeah. And you just got A.J. Brown. I mean, maybe not like the best offseason, but let me tell you something. They're looking very, very good. And like I said, I can't rule them out as a dark horse in the NFC East. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to agree there. I mean, obviously, the Cowboys 
you know, are right now, I would say are the favorites in that division just because of uh, the, just because of Dak Prescott and the, and the guy that he is. But for the most part, the NFC East for, you know, my, basically my entire life has been a very winnable division. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just kind of the way it is out there. Uh, when it comes to the Eagles, I really like what they're doing with this team right now because they're just completely loading up this team, you know, on both offense and defense. I know, uh, CJ, you mentioned the acquisition of AJ Brown. Obviously, now they get Bradbury in the mix. They're putting the, they're putting uh, themselves in the best possible position and are basically putting all their chips on the table and saying, hey, if we don't if we don't do any anything this season, it falls on one man's shoulders, and that's Jalen Hurts. That they're they are putting this all on Jalen Hurts right now. They have given him an immense amount of talent, and they're saying, "All right, man, we're giving you the keys to the offense this year. We're giving you every single thing you could want. Go and get it." Yeah, I agree. I think this is a, a now prove it year for Jalen Hurts. It, I think it's a matter of we finally gave him the necessary weapons around him. We got him Jalen Rager, who might be a wide receiver three now, now that they have Devontae Smith and uh, A.J. Brown. So that is a good to great wide receiver trio, if all, if everything pans out. They have Miles Sanders in the running game, and they have a decent O-line. It's now or never for Jalen Hurts. If he can yeah. prove it, then you can see that he can be a franchise player. And they yeah. have a pretty defense. That's a big if. Yeah, no, that, that, that's the thing, too. I, I'm – uh, when I had, uh, you know, the one of your guys' typical hosts, Adam, right on my show, I made a comparison uh, between two teams, and it was between the Eagles and the Dolphins in terms of, uh, you know, where they're going to be next year. And you know, you look at what the you look, at what both, you look at what both teams have done, and you know, obviously the Eagles just went and got Bradbury on defense, and then the Dolphins, uh, and you know, I, they got Bradbury on defense, and then they got AJ Brown in the passing game, and they're really bolstering their offense. Uh, now they go out and, and then you compare this adult to the Dolphins who went out and got Tyreek Hill and were really, you know, buffering up their offense up there. They're basically, you know, both going after these two uh, young quarterbacks who've had their fair share of struggles in the National Football League, maybe one more than more than the other. And are basically saying, all right, we have given you every single possible option to succeed. If you can't do it, at, if you can't do it with all with all of this talent then you just can't cut it in the NFL. So I appreciate that these guys are at least giving their quarterbacks the chance to thrive and are, you know, putting the, and are actually putting the right pieces in front of them. But at this point, like if Jalen hurts cannot get it done this year, same thing with Tua, then they're just not cut for the league. That, that that's just going to be the case at this point. So we're going to really see what we're really going to see what they're made of this year. And it's going to be a very, uh, very trying uh, year for them. I agree. Yeah. I think it is yeah. a fine year. But my thing is, I think it's more so for Jalen than it is for Tua because I think it'd be more reasonable as to why the Dolphins wouldn't make the playoffs as to the Eagles because the Dolphins play in a way tougher conference and division yeah. than the Yeah, yeah. I mean you make I mean yeah, Justin, you make like, a good you make a good point with that as to why they wouldn't be able to, you know, you know, with Tua's success. And I'm not saying that, you know, for Tua it has to be the playoffs, but you have to see some increased level of uh of performance on the field. If if Tua goes out there balls and just other and other parts of the Dolphins team just isn't able to propel them into the playoffs, then you can make it a case and just say, all right, you know, we we bolstered their offense. We have we have Jalen Waddle, we have Tyreek Hill, and you know, now two is balling. All right, let's let's go uh sure up some things on the defensive end. Let's uh get a better run game going and then you know take that into the next season and you know, uh, because you've seen that, you know, Tua now has that ability to perform. With Jalen Hurts, though, because the NFC East and the NFC just in general is as weak as it is, it is now or never. And it is playoffs or bust for him at this point. Because, uh, like you guys said, you know, the dynamic when we were younger used to be that the NFC was the team, uh, you know, with all like the true contenders. Obviously, the AFC, you would always have the Patriots, the Colts, uh, and just other teams like that that would always uh, be in the mix. 
But for the most part, it was always the NFC was so very heavy. That is completely flipped, and it, it is very AFC heavy now in the NFL. So mm-hmm. with the NFC being as wide open as it is, and with the extra wild card spot, and with everything, you know, lining up for more teams to be able to make the playoffs, the Eagles now need to make the playoffs this year. I agree, and I think they should be contenders to to win the NFC East because I can't remember a time where back-to-back winners have been like the Cowboys or the Eagles or whatever. It's just not a thing. So I believe the Cowboys might have to take a step back because they lost their pass rusher on Randy Gregory, and they just treated, uh, traded away their wide receiver on Amari Cooper, who had a good dynamic with Dak Prescott. So if this is an, a now-or-never time, it'd be now for – Jalen Hurts to prove that he can win them some games and actually win the division for him. Because I think it's the easiest time for him to do it is right now. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And honestly, I lean more to uh, what Brian says than anything else. And uh, here's why. I mean, if you think about it, you know, the NFC is easier. But if you're Tua or Jalen Hurts, you have – look at the offenses that you've been surrounded with. You have no excuse not to suck this year. You really don't. And even if Miami, I know it's harder for them, but this is where the men from the boys are separated. And it's like, I don't want to hear how much better the Bills are on paper. You have the two two of the fastest receivers in the league at your disposal. You mm-hmm. have a top 10 tight end, a decent line, and a serviceable uh, committee backfield. If you're two, there's no reason to suck. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. And if you look at their numbers last year, they were borderline the same player. I mean, Tua had about uh, 2,600 passing yards with uh, 16 touchdowns, 10 picks. Hertz had like just over 3,000 with 16 touchdowns and nine picks. Like they're borderline, like the, their stats are basically coming out the same. And and I definitely think for both of them, this is certainly a put up or shut up year. But I would honestly give Tua, like you guys said, like, a little more leeway just because of the division, but well, well, here's the thing, well, CJ. Know. I mean, when I say leeway, I mean based on you know. Oh overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I mean, no I mean, like, like if he throws for like four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns and doesn't make the playoffs, then that's excusable. But if you're throwing for like thirty five hundred yards, twenty touchdowns, fifteen picks, I'm sorry, that's not going to cut it. No, yeah. yeah. Th- th- Same that's thing for Hurts and for, for Tua, you, it's a lot more yeah. individually based, and then for Hurts. Yeah. Individual stats are going to matter here. I mean, if he just kind of, you know, just manages to get through and they kind of fall into that last playoff spot, then they're probably going to look for another quarterback. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, but if he's able to be more than serviceable, you know, shows some real flashes and is able to propel them maybe to, you know, either to win that division or get like one of the higher wild card slots, then I think that they have a lot more confidence in them and they stay with him. Yeah, I agree. But I would say that Hertz is under a little bit more pressure yeah. for one reason. Philly is projected to have two first-rounders next year. More than likely, one of them is going to be early. And some of these quarterbacks coming out next year, possibly guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, you literally have guys like that already breathing down Jalen's neck. It's now or never. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Young is uh, looks like he could be a generational talent. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, he's still going to have a lot of things to prove at Alabama this year, but I think he has, you know, a lot of potential. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of it's it's going to be a real big test for Jalen. Obviously, I think that, you know, he's you know, he has a ton of pressure and he's going to really have to, you know, show that he has uh, the ability to succeed this year. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. It's now or never, and unfortunately, they do have to perform to some degree, whether individually or team successful-wise. Mm. Any final comments? Or 
Uh, you know, in terms of final comments, you know, with with James Bradbury, obviously going from the Giants to the Eagles, uh, you know, how do you think that dynamic is going to be? Obviously, it's when a division, you know, rival guy, when a division rival corner uh, joins the enemy, there's always some uh, there's been some, you know, level of success there there in the past. I know for myself, uh, I think of Darrell Rebus. Obviously, he had he had that one year with the Bucks, but he got that one year. I think it was 20 something million dollars from the Patriots came in, won a Super Bowl. Uh, what kind of what kind of a performance are you expecting to see from Bradbury this year? Well, I believe he'll be to starter level to Pro Bowl level. I don't think he fell off that much from his all pro caliber season he had with the Giants. I think he'll be able to perform. I think he'll be a nice tandem with Darius Slay, and there'll be a nice one-two punch at the bare minimum. I'm not sure yeah. how Darius yeah. Slay will perform individually, but I think James Barron will be a serviceable number two cornerback in the, next to Darius Slay. Yeah, honestly, I would say that he's like borderline number one. You essentially have two number ones back there, and if Slay can like stave off father time for one more year, then that's going to be really, really good for Philly, and maybe Bradbury could – be your one year after next. All right. Congratulations to James Bradbury and the contract he just signed. This has been the Fumble Podcast. Coming up, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher going at it. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with my main man, CJ Medeiros, and our good friend, Brian. Uh, our next segment, we will be talking about Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. According to Nick Saban, Texas A&M has been recently buying out their players due to NIL deals. And earlier this morning, Jimbo Fisher had a lot of things to say about our old friend, Nick Saban, calling him the czar of football, and look how we represented him. <laughs> Uh, so, Brian, how do you feel feel about this whole conversation? You know, I, I I've kind of been you know trying to you know put together the pieces on it. I've been trying to figure out things as it, as we go along. Uh, it's been very interesting so far. I mean, uh, for, for Jimbo Fisher, just not to hold any uh, you know hold any punches with this. I love that. I mean, that's just awesome on my end. But uh, you know, this is kind of this is what NIL opens that opens the door to. And I'm just surprised that a guy like Nick Saban, who, you know, you know, Jimbo Fisher calls him the czar of football, isn't able to understand a new way to market guys. I mean, you know, obviously you're not giving a guy a contract and, and saying, hey, we're going to pay you and do all this. But, uh, you know, NIL is, you know, technically now legal by by uh, NCAA standards. I know there are some jurisdictions now coming into play for it, and we're going to have to see how that affects some things. But for, you know, but for college football going forward, NIL looks at least looks like it's going to be part of the picture. So if mm -hmm. Jimbo Fisher is able to go out, is able to go to guys and say, hey, we have these NIL possibilities for you. Come here and we'll hook you up. I don't know. I don't know how Nick Saban, who is at the football capital of America in Alabama. I don't know how he isn't able to say, hey, 
you want to like be, you want to be a superstar, come here, you know, come to Alabama. We will get you every single NIL deal that you have ever dreamed of. I don't know how he doesn't do that. I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. CJ? Yeah. <clears throat> For the record, uh, Adam, Sh- uh, <clears throat> sorry, Nick Saban is on record saying, quote, I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM brought every player on their team. They made a deal for the name, image, and likeness, and uh, we didn't buy one player, all right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough. Now, sounds to me like Saban's kind of taking uh, the Belichick approach where it's like, we want good players, but we, well, this is college. You know, we don't want to have to pay for them. But, you know, Look, like like uh, Brian said, this is Alabama. It's the football capital of the world, or at least the U.S. And yeah, it's, uh, it's of the world. Let, let, yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, I try I, to be politically if we're, correct. If we're, talk, if we're talking, <laughs> if we're talking about football, then maybe oh, not. But like, no, not not in the U.S. We don't talk about that. No. <laughs> no. But but think about it. Like, it is kind of a Belichickian thing to say, and you know, he and Belichick are friends. But it's like, look, you can go and say, hey, you want to be a superstar, play for Alabama, and, you know. Playing for Alabama is basically like its own reward, you know? That's basically, and if you ball out in their system, that's like a guarantee at some point you're going to get drafted. Yeah. But but then here comes Texas A&M where they're like, hey, we're not as good as Bama, but we'll pay you or, or we'll hook you up with an endorsement. And look, a lot of these kids coming out of college, some of them, sports are like all you have, you know? And if you're thinking straight, you're probably going to take the money. You know, I mean, if you're not especially well off, there's no reason why you shouldn't take the money, you know? And that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, I'm not trying to be disparaging. I, I'm just saying, like, a lot of these guys, you know, they, they football's like an escape. And I would definitely say you take the money. And this is a new wave for college football, you know, NIL. Now it's legal. That's what it means. And, and I mean, honestly – I, I'm I'm kind of more of the Jimbo Fisher school of thought. This is how it's trending. You might not like it. This is how it is. If you want, it's basically going to be a battle of endorsements, and Alabama's got to keep up, or maybe the life of, or I mean, maybe maybe like the way of the NCAA might just pass them by because it looks like now it's like the NFL where you're getting to bidding wars for recruits, yeah. and Alabama, you, you got to shape up, man. I totally agree with Jimbo Fisher. This is the way it's done now. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at this team, you know, looking at Alabama, and I can understand the idea of, all right, playing for Alabama is its own glory. You get the chance to get drafted. You have the chance to, you know, annually compete for a national championship. I get that. And it's a similar approach to, you know, the New England Patriots to where it's like, hey, you know, it's not always going to be the most favorable uh, conditions here, but you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. How bad do you want it? In Alabama, though, obviously the weather's a lot nicer. It's not going to be as uh, brutally cold uh, during your football season, so you have that as an advantage. And the other thing too is most guys in the NFL, at least the guys that you know are these top of the line candidates, they already have sponsorship deals lined up, and it's completely legal. There is no uh, there is no like second thought about it. And obviously, then they also have their contracts, which help them out as well. With college football, I mean, you know, the name, image, and likeness is able to help you on any area you know, possible. So I don't know why Nick Saban isn't able to say, Hey, you know, the Alabama brand itself carries a carries a huge reputation. I don't know why he can't just simply say, Hey, let's, let's uh, profit off the Alabama brand and let you be an extension of our program. And, you know, eventually, you know, filter in more and more recruits. 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. I understand the Texas A&M approach to it. I believe I understand the Alabama way of it. My thing is, I think Bryce Young at least has an NIL deal. Like, yeah, if he doesn't, oh, absolutely. Like that, he has to have one. And if you're Nick Saban, you better have one. Oh yeah, he got you. He helped win you a natty. You better give him one, or helps you put you in position his second year as a Heisman. You better get him one. So that's my first thought. If his approach is right off the bat, you shouldn't get them, and as you work towards it, yes, you should eventually get those NIL deals. And his preposition is they're using the NIL deals and recruiting them just off the bat. So Texas A&M is like approaching players with like, as soon as you guys get here, we're paying you. I think that I understand that. But if it's anything else, I'm against Nick Saban on this. If you're opposed to paying your NCAA players that should be getting paid now because they're now fully able to get NIL deals, then unfortunately, yeah, you do have to pay them. It, as sad as that may be, they do. Yeah, I, oh, ahead. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's all good. They didn't earn it. They actually did come to your school. They are D1 players, and they do help the school earn money. So if they're able and fortunate enough to get NIL deals to sponsor themselves, they should be able to get it. I don't think I should hold that against them. If you're no, saying yeah. you shouldn't hold anything against them. I mean, they're they've earned they've earned their right to play it. And that's why I think NIL is so is so special is such a unique opportunity because, you know, unlike just, you know, being handed a contract where it's like, hey, like this is the amount of money you're going to make. It's, you know, like you can make as much money as you as you possibly could make. Cause like, you know, if you get a really good sponsorship deal and you get a number of them and you're just, you know, about that business and you're selling merchandise, then go for it. I mean, I see no issue with that. I mean, I would yeah. say just 100% go for it. I really wish they came up with the NIL deal sooner. Cause if they came up with it like 20 or 30 years sooner, Reggie Bush would still have his Heisman trophy. And the oh, fact yeah. that he doesn't have it really angers me and they won't yeah. give it back to him. Dude, I, I'm exactly the same way. And uh, let's be honest. We all know, like I said, what the what NIL means. Now it's legal. but And, and I think that's a fitting thing because you are a moron if you don't think this was going on before. It always was. But Alabama's upset that now teams can be open about it. And that's not something that they usually did, I don't think. You know, if Saban's sourness toward it is any indication. But like I said, this is a new wave. You're you're gonna have to pay your you especially if you get like a five star recruit, you're gonna have to pay them. That's just how it's shaken out. I don't think it's paying them, it's more so when or, or securing them a sponsorship or something. Yeah. But money's going to them basically, and uh mm-hmm. like I said, and they're gonna need that guarantee. Otherwise, Alabama, you're not gonna you might not get every five-star recruit in the nation now you you might not because if you're not willing to open up you know your purse for it well uh they'll gladly go to texas a&m and watching now i actually do want to see the october 8th game against them texas a&m versus alabama because i want to see that thing that thing could get a little bit chippy yeah and not gonna lie nick saban might blow him out intentionally he might just be passing when it's like 40 nothing just to prove a point absolutely so I really hope that's a close game, and I hope it gets very chippy, but oh, in a good, yeah. well-mannered sense. So uh, hopefully everything turns out okay. I know Jimbo won't talk to Nick Saban ever again because of these comments. <laughs> he's, he's gone on and said that on the record. Nick Saban tried to call him, but he's not going to talk to him anymore. <laughs> no. Oh, there's bad blood between them. And 
hey, it's SEC football. Play ball. I mean, listen, Deion Sanders opened the door and now it's just wide open for everyone to come in and continue. And I mean, I see, you know, I'm looking down at the Chiron. I see prime time there. I mean, you know, Coach Prime opened the door for this and now we are seeing it in full scale. It is just be it is, you know, far beyond like these little schools now. And, you know, you know, some schools just taking small advantage of it. It is a full on issue now. I mean, I'm. I would I'm going to expect some uh, some more regulations to come down from the NCAA. I'm expecting them to be stupid and them to mess this thing up. So yeah. uh, it's it's usually the way that they end up going with this thing. So, uh, you know, hopefully things end up all right. But I think we know which way this is probably going to end up going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I would I would I would not be shocked if the NCAA just yanked this opportunity off the table off altogether. I don't. I don't see them yanking it off the uh, yanking it off the table, but I think that they will probably put in some jurisdictions as to how you can use uh, nil and negotiating mm-hmm. tactics. So it, maybe they uh, maybe they'll institute a like a window in which you can you know present nil opportunities. Maybe you know cert, maybe you know the school can't talk about nil, but you know but the actual companies themselves have to reach out, or you do it where you know like once you're officially affiliated with the roster, once you're on campus, and once you have you know, once maybe the academic year has started or your or the uh, or, or the uh, or the athletic season has technically started, maybe then you're finally eligible to uh, be approached by these companies. So I think that's probably something we'll see come down the pipe, but I'm not necessarily sure how that's going to all work itself out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But I mean, I know everyone likes to call the NFL the, the no fun league, but if the NCAA uh, changes these NIL rules, we might have a new contender. Yeah. Uh, man, just looking at the NIL deals and looking at all the players that could have had them in the past that never was able to because it oh, was yeah. illegal, like Tim Tebow. Imagine if Tim oh. Tebow had. Oh, Tim Tebow would be. Oh, he he would have made a richer. fortune. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, Reggie you Bush. just see. I mean, you just. I mean, just look down in the comment. Just look down in uh and like the title section. I mean, you see primetime. How much money would Deion Sanders have made in college? He would have. He would have made a fortune. Now mm-hmm. this is somebody else, and I know. He's a bit of. I know we all know him for being a draft bust, but can you imagine how much money Johnny Manziel would have made? Oh, he oh would have made goodness. an obscene amount of money if oh no, if NIL yeah. deals were legal in twenty thirteen and fourteen. No, yeah. I don't think he would do any good with that money. But oh, of no, course not. But still, he would have made an obscene amount. And that's what matters, kids. No, yeah, he would have pissed it all away. He would have made. He would have oh yeah, made absolutely. Like Probably would have gambled it all in Vegas. <laughs> Under what was his under that pseudonym with the fake mustache? <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh man! Any last comments, boys? Before we move on? Nah, nope. I think I think we're chilling. Coming up next, we have the very special segment segment we call the guest segment, where Brian will introduce our next topic. Yep, this has been the Fumaruski Podcast.
Welcome back to the show. I am Justin Tucker. CJ Medeiros is my main man, and we have our special guest, Brian. Now, Brian, we have asked you to introduce a segment for us to talk about, and please take it away. Yeah, boys. So obviously, uh, I had a I had a topic coming into this show. Uh, we uh, we were actually pretty eager to talk about it, but then uh, the Fumble Ruski Overlord Adam Wright stepped in and deemed it not worthy. Oh, so uh, name drop. Uh, so we're not going to be able to. Yeah, so we were going to talk about the Boston Celtics and their game against the Miami Heat, but uh, with the top, with the story not being evergreen for uh, for the time that you guys will be viewing this show, uh, you know, by the time you by the time a lot of you guys watch it, uh, you know, the Celtics game will already be over. Hopefully, it will be a Celtics victory, uh, but uh, we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see what ends up happening there. Hopefully, knock on wood, they get it done against the Miami Heat. But uh, I was able to. In my last minute desperation of just being like, oh, what the hell do I talk about now? I went to, uh, you know, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I watch on the side, apart from your guys's and my own. Uh, I went to the Pat McAfee show, and one of the uh, topics that uh, he was talking about today is that uh, greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, uh, is set to release a Netflix, com- uh, not a Netflix comedy special, but a Netflix roast in 2023. Uh, he's going to be the subject of this roast. And it's going to become a uh, and it's uh, basically going to be part of a series called The Greatest Roast of All Time or The Groat. Uh, and it's going to have uh, and it's basically just going to have a bunch of people, you know, on the uh, set with them. And uh, he's going to be a part of, you know, just having a bunch of comedians go at him. So uh, w- one of the reports from Variety ends up saying uh, the Netflix Netflix's uh, vice president, Robbie Pra basically states, we can't wait to burn three times Super Bowl losing quarterback Tom Brady, who only went back to the NFL in order to delay this roast, uh, said Pra uh, of this. In all seriousness, it's a huge thrill to work with the greatest football player of all time on this project. No one's better than taking hits and still coming out of it and still coming out on top. So we know the rest will be a breeze for Brady. So that's that's what uh, that's what Netflix's VP said about this. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady has been one of the most criticized athletes, uh, you know, throughout professional sports. Uh, you know, he's a seven-time Super Bowl champion at this point, also three-time Super Bowl losing uh, quarterback. So uh, a lot of different things uh, on that end. Uh, he has the Deflategate scandal. So many different things have gone on throughout his career. Uh, you know, so much great, so many great things, and so many, uh, so much speculation as well. So uh, my my topic obviously is going to revolve around this, and I ask you guys, what do you guys think about this? Uh, you forgot a uh, talk rule recipient. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued by it. I actually do want to see this now. Now that Tom Brady's now part of a roast, I want to see how they'll go at it. There's a lot of things to talk about Tom Brady, so it'll be interesting to see how these world class comedians come after him. So, yeah, I, I mean, okay, not not okay. Yeah, and there's a chance a lot of these guys, uh, there can be a lot of comedians too. I mean, obviously, this is on Netflix, so uh, you know, after listening to the Pat McAfee show, they're you know. You know, certain people that have deals at Netflix include guys like uh, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr have uh, deals with Netflix. Uh, I think Tom Segura might have a deal with Netflix. There are a bunch of guys that have Netflix deals and could potentially be a part of this. Uh, CJ, what are your thoughts? Uh, I actually have uh, my thoughts are some questions, actually. Is it just going to be Brady that they're roasting? So because- I think. Yeah, so what I think they're doing is I don't know if this is going to be a series, but no, because uh, I was just gonna say it should be. I mean, it, it should be a series because if you're some Brady, there's so many people you go after, like maybe Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. If you want to cross sports, maybe LeBron or Durant or someone like that. That would just be 
I want to see like a series where like all your favorite sports icons, maybe past and present, you could bring up older guys like a like a Michael Jordan or a Dan Marino get absolutely flamed. I would love that. Yeah. So from what I'm seeing right now, it does look like it is going to be part of the series because they do say specials with an S. So uh, they do look like they are going to be bring on bringing on uh, you know multiple athletes as this thing goes on. But it looks like Tom Brady will be the first one. Uh, at least it appears that he'd be the first guy to be a part of this. Uh, this won't be filmed. This won't be filmed, however, until 2023. So, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be after the conclusion of next of next year's football season. I will be in my senior year of college about to graduate. So, uh, that's pretty surreal by the time when this thing finally (laughs) airs, it's going to be kind of crazy. So I don't know. It seems like an interesting, it seems like it could be very interesting for you guys. Who is the one guy that you want them to bring out to Rose Brady? Oh. oh, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. Oh yeah, because of the tuck rule. I Michigan mean, but they just did—they just did that entire thirty for thirty special on it. Yeah, true. Is, is, is that not enough? Apparently, not, not enough for Tucker. Nah, yeah, Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Eli you know, would be. We great. need a segment on Fumbleski called the Tuck Rule, starring Justin Tucker. But that's neither here nor there. But you know who I want to see? Rose Brady, Belichick. I mean, of course. Can you imagine Belichick in his usual Bill Belichick voice? You know, just you know, I'm like, responsible for all this greatness. It was like <laughs> I drafted you, <laughs> or something like that, or like your long hair was stupid and I had to put up with it. It was like, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But I would imagine Bill would have some great insights, and you know, Bill I've heard has got a really, actually, really good sense of humor. So that would yeah. be perfect. Only thing, like, though, yeah. The only thing, though, is, you know, most if you've ever seen like Comedy Central roast, most of these guys like they're also getting roasted throughout the throughout the majority of the show. So, like, I know, you know like, that there would be like, a like, great like they, back and forth. Oh, yeah. No, they go up and they say their bit. So, you know, Bill Belichick might be able to like dish it out. I mean, he's apparently done it to athletes, uh, you know, his entire career. I saw mm-hmm. a special I saw a little thing with Julian Edelman where uh, Edelman was talking about how Belichick would like just break down like every single part of like a bad play and would just like nitpick you to death and would just say like, you guys suck. Like Bill Belichick obviously can dole it out, but can he take it? Uh, can, but he can can he basically take that criticism from other people? I don't know. Well, I feel like it's it's all supposed to be lighthearted. That's the thing. It's it's supposed to be like lighthearted. So, and I don't think anyone's going to be like vicious, like coming after him. So, I feel like if it, if you like an actual roast, have you seen some of these comedies? I I know. I know it does. Not out of malice is my point. And as long as he keeps in mind that it's not out of malice, it should be fine. But if it's like if they're like going at each other's throats, like all vicious, like. I would imagine that, yeah, Bill wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, everyone's there just to have a good time. You know, it can get a little chippy, but, you know, that's what it is. I feel like Bill definitely could. And another one I would like to see roast, Edelman. I, I know Edelman would have some great stories. Uh, oh, I mean, of course yeah. he would. Also, Randy Moss. Oh, yeah. oh, right, right, yeah. Welker, maybe. I don't know why, but as a Pats fan, I feel like Slater might have some funny insights, too. Matthew Slater Slater might, yeah. Because he's been there for so long. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now I, I had Matthew Slater come speak at my school. He's he's got some really great takes on Brady. I mean, uh, you know, people were asking about like what's he like, and he he just goes like, man, he's just like such a different guy. Like he like, and he was very insightful about him. Like you know, made a couple people laugh with some things that he said. But if you gave him like you know an open mic and just the form to speak his mind, I think he'd be pretty funny with that. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, if I had to go with a dark horse candidate for who I think could be really funny, uh, it would be Matt Castle. And I know that name isn't going to that name wouldn't get a lot of, you know, you know, media attention. And obviously guys like Rob Gronkowski or Julian Edelman would gather more. But Matt Castle was Brady's backup uh, the year he went down with his ACL injury and and was also, you know, in that backup role for a couple years prior. You know, he's he had to be in the same room as Tom Brady and he had and he took his job for a year and was pretty successful with it. Now, obviously, Matt Castle's career was very different than Tom Brady's. Uh, he went to KC and really kind of just fell apart, uh, you know, mm-hmm. after a couple of years. But I think he'd be a pretty interesting guy to get some uh, to get some insight on. Yeah. You know who I also think would be great? Drew Bledsoe. Yes. All that. pent. I don't know. There's definitely got to be some pent up. That should have been me feelings there. And that would be awesome to hear I mean, so go at him i mean did you watch that doc did you watch uh the tom brady documentary like with with blood so in it like yeah th- that that's filled throughout the thing right where he just goes yeah it was like like he talks about like the injury and like not being able and like losing this losing the quarterback job and he it's actually like pretty depressing like he he, go, mm-hmm. he goes yeah my life kind of like got turned upside down and you know everything everything about everything uh about football with me just got completely crushed like it's yeah. it's kind of gut wrenching. So maybe if he's able to channel that anger, maybe it would be uh, something interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, there's so many good options to go for, but of course they're going to have their comedians, and hopefully, I think I think Vrabel would be a good guy. That uh, that was someone who was mentioned. I oh, think yeah. he'd be good. Mm-hmm. That that'd be a good one because he actually played uh, tight end for the Patriots as well, well as linebacker. Well, we had to yeah, say I, I about to say he was the two way. Yeah. Oh. All right. Anything else about this special? Uh, I, j- just the fact that I'm excited to see it. I would be. I would love to see it come out. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for it. I just want to say one thing. I hope it's not comedians. I mean, I know it's going to be some comedians, but I hope it's like majority like former athletes, people that played alongside him or against him. That's where the money is. I wouldn't mind if it's a good mix. I think I I, I wouldn't mind yeah. if you get also a good mix of uh you know you know Boston sports icons too. I mean uh-huh. you'll you'll know you'll now have to throw in I guess like a just a token tampa person just to like you know just just to say we're representing tampa but maybe you get mark Wahlberg out there maybe you get uh you know i I said bill burr for a comedian standpoint i think he'd be really good in a roast uh i've never really seen him in a roast atmosphere like at least not the comedy central one so uh to get him in that i think would be really good so yeah i would say i would say go for it yeah i wouldn't mind seeing uh kevin hart uh dave Chappelle, or bill burr those guys i think they'd kill it oh yeah especially Chappelle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fan Sports Only Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Fumbleski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and late coverage of the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.